Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 428 on Wednesday, the 29th of September, 2021. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in a week where we've added a sixth candle to the podcast birthday cake, we'll be shocked at the level of investment from some companies in future tech. We'll be getting the hairdryer out to take certain stickers off the back of our vehicles. And we are delighted to see one initiative being embraced by the motoring community. But first, I think, first of all, we need to say Alan's audio is not what you would normally expect because we've had a technical issue seconds before we were due to go live with this. So apologies mm. if you notice the difference. It, it's not that great of a difference. You'll be fine. He's used this equipment before. Don't worry. But just to let you know that that's what's happened. Yes. Anyway, straight into follow-up. And we're going to do some sort of dieselgate related stuff. And this is uh, over how Volkswagen have said that they're okay to use a device that allows the engine to be tweaked and change what the emissions are that come out between certain temperature ranges and elevations uh, and altitude. This is coming from Austria because the range is an ambient te- ambient temperature below 13 degrees centigrade and above 33 and of altitudes of more than 1,000 metres. Now, for a lot of Austria, uh, doesn't meet those... Yeah. <laughs> doesn't meet that criteria, that, that between 15 and 33 degrees. It's not often... Uh, or the altitude part, yeah. that's the other bit. Yeah, or the in, altitude. In where it's quite unusual. So it's basically kicking out more nitrogen oxides than what is typically permitted when it's running properly. Uh, This is in the uh, European Court of Justice, and the Advocate General was putting the argument forward that there is no justification for this device or this technology to be used in Austria. So it means that they shouldn't be using it, and it's expected, which is really the worrying bit for Volkswagen. It's expected that the judges will concur with him. And that means there's probably going to be quite a few of these cases crop up now across Europe, and it will be dependent mm-hmm. where you live. If you're in an area yeah. that's in the Alps, you've got a case, or Volkswagen has a case to to answer, because that car should not be technically... Well, I would presume they're saying that the car should not be sold in those areas. Yeah, they're saying that it, vehicles equipped with such a device doesn't comply with regulatory requirements, if you do live in areas like that, and thus doesn't conform with the contract of sale between the supplier and the consumer, according to this autocar article. Yes. That's not mm. good for Volkswagen. No, not really, because, of course, for years and years and years, they've been saying, well, it's not been illegal in Europe, and it's not been a defeat device in Europe. But actually, whenever you think about it and you put it into context of places where the av- the annual average temperature, for example, is below 15 degrees, then actually it then does actually become a defeat device. They're not the only ones who will be using this to keep the... Because the argument has always been longevity of the engine, hasn't it? Yes, well, that's been the Opel, Vauxhall, FCA argument. Yes. Over the years, and that's it's not Courses a loophole. That's the actual permitted reasoning mm-hmm. with a, with a strict criteria of you know certain bounds and uh, you know all the stuff we were talking about before. Yeah, Volkswagen are not the only manufacturer who are going to be affected by this if this is ruled this way. Mm. So look forward to the ambulance chasers at that point. <laughs> oh well, what the ambulance chasers we've already got rubbing their hands in glee. Yep. 
Yeah. I don't know. I think I've managed to block them all on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. It's taken quite a while. It's taken me a while. Mm. Anyway, we've got some more follow-up. And it's legal follow-up again, because we are the automotive, you know, the motoring legal podcast these days, or some days anyway. And it's that Jaguar Land Rover has settled the dispute it had over terrain response with Audi, Lamborghini, Porsche, and Volkswagen and their SUVs. Uh, This is follow-up that was originally mentioned in November 2020. Mm -hmm. That's how long this one has been rumbling on. An analyst from Bloomberg Intelligence which if you've seen the number of adverts and stuff on their sites, your Bloomberg News site, you'll wonder if that's actually something that exists. But this chap called Joel Levington said uh, back in September that JLR had the potential to win over $200 million a year in licensing income from its patent infringement against Porsche, Audi, Lamborghini and Volkswagen in their favorable event risk view. So they thought it was going to fall to JLR and that it would be of a certain amount. Nobody seems to know how much it is yet, but yes, I would imagine it. it's a pretty decent sum that Volkswagen have settled with. Yes, and that would be uh, much needed for JLR as well at the moment. Yeah. But interestingly, there's still the Bentley lawsuit ongoing. Exactly. You'll notice I didn't mention all the Volkswagen Group SUVs, so JLR started suing Bentley over obviously for the Pentega, over a similar, similar issue back in 2018. That case is going to be heard next year thanks to carsuk.net for that 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 story mm-hmm. right final bit of follow-up and it's more of a reminder really but the news that certain portions of welsh roads will have a new 50 mile an hour speed limit that's going to be enforced from next week because this is all part of the welsh government's Uh, steps to reduce air pollution and improve the air quality in certain areas. So you're going to have in northeast uh, Wales, in Flintshire and Wrexham, that will be down to 50 mile an hour on the A494 and the A483. Then there's going to be in South Wales, the A470 near Pontypridd, and then the M4 between junctions 41 and 42 at Port Talbot. Already in place is the M4 speed limit of 50 mile an hour that came in in March between junctions 24 and 28 near Newport. And again, these new ones will follow what happened on the M4 there, uh, that they will have uh, speed camera, uh, average speed enforcement cameras. This does strike me as one of those times when you think, will anybody really notice much difference? because they tend to be areas where the, the traffic is pretty slow anyway, and that's what's bringing in the sort of causes the pollution. I'm not sure that's going to make the difference, they hope. Probably not. Because it, it at definitely at certain times of the day, those roads you're crawling along anyway, from my experience. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that that, M, that stretch of the M4, for example, I spent yeah. some time ending up having to commute along there, and it was blooming awful. Yep. They are grim roads as well, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, well, or n- none of those are roads that you ever want to really be driving on. No, <laughs> no. Right, do you want to take us to new news? Uh, yes, and we go, first of all, to Luton. Yay. Vauxhall is looking at potentially cutting just over 200 jobs in Luton, where it produces the Vivaro van. And the reason for that is is not that they don't want to produce the Vivaro van, but because they are having real issues 
uh, producing it due to the chip shortage and, and basically the, the chip shortage and, and the rate at which they can actually produce fans means that right at the minute a night shift isn't seen as a viable option so they're moving from three shifts down to two they're trying to do what they can to avoid this obviously uh, consulting with staff and, and unions over the reduction in shifts but also trying to manage hiring uh, and all that kind of thing rather than making making straight up redundancies straight away so they're proposing the number of production positions which i saying that after a couple of beers is reduced from 990 to 751 positions but they're trying to restrict recruitment and restrict the amount of overtime and restrict the amount of agency staff staff being used so that they can they can keep permanent employees as long as possible because of course there's a challenge that as, as soon as somebody leaves it's very difficult to get them back again yep. and keep them trained up and if they're like some of us they'll have been receiving letters in the post encouraging to, them to become a truck driver quite some news from delivery service Hermes, and they have ordered 168 Mercedes-Benz e-sprinters, as well as 132 diesel-powered sprinters. But this is their first push into EV-only vehicles. After testing a couple in North London uh, and seeing how how they worked out for a typical day and all the rest of it, I think that's really interesting that mm-hmm. a yet another delivery company is going down this route because obviously we've said in the past that something like uh, these um, vans are perfect for the the local depot particularly yeah. if it's a bigger conurbation not well, having to travel out to go to another town exactly these are going to be mostly focused around their parcel shop pickup and delivery locations that's where they're going to roll them out first of course hermes tends to go very much to third parties for the last mile uh, delivery and whatever it is they happen to be driving mm. um, as opposed to to owning their own delivery vehicles they're very big on outsourcing that last mile yeah they've uh, also uh, partnered up with podpoint they're going to be installing the charging points for the depots cool. where these vehicles are in place so that's good news mm, excellent stuff more on a similar line is that uh, if you're in london you will be familiar with the egregious addison lee <laughs> And their black Ford Galaxies. Well, they're going to be swapping out the Ford Galaxy, obviously. And they're going to be swapping out to with the aim of having an all-electric fleet by 2023. They're going to be adding in 200 fully electric vehicles every month, 450 ID4s to start with. Yep. So that'll lead, supposedly, to 20,000 zero-emission journeys each day in London, which is has got to be a good thing. Obviously, it'll keep them congestion charge proof and all these kind of things. Only till, is it 2025 that, that disappears? Possibly, who knows? I know there is. Who can a, tell? I know there it is could be tomorrow. <laughs> yes, that, that, that may change. But I know there is a cutoff where that is just being removed, which I, I think is is only fair that it does change. By that point, yes. Yeah. Uh, but the the idea is to encourage people to move to these sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, as we keep saying on this show, of course, we want everywhere to have decent, nice air that isn't killing people. So, you know, that's that's only a good thing. Excellent that such a large and prominent company is doing this. Yes, great that it's going to be re- reducing emissions. What remains to be seen, though, is whether it will raise driving standards of Addison Lee drivers. Well, the thing is, someone we both know well, last time they were in one of these, the driver was falling asleep. And I hmm. feel that perhaps an electric vehicle will not aid the staying awakeness. <laughs> 
<laughs> Possibly explains why you see so many of them going through red lights, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, for legal reasons, let's move on. Yes. More uh, electrical vehicles. did tell you at the top of the show there was a lot of this. And this is, and I'm, I'm actually very interested in this one, Royal Mail is to trial a couple of versions of small electric vehicles to deliver the mail in residential areas. Now, these are about the size, and this is an unfortunate in this yes auto, an unfortunate comparison, but to a golf buggy. Well, or a quad bike. Yes, I think think it's a large quad bike. It's a quad bike with with a roof over the top of it, and I think that's a better way to put it because golf buggy implies a certain style of vehicle and and everything, mm. and I don't think it's that. So this will be, instead of them taking vans around local residential streets, there'll be these vehicles. So you won't get the, um, you won't get the emissions and it should, it should be easier to, for them to get around, even though they are, you know, it's not, it's not like a bicycle or something, but it it should be just, just better full stop, hopefully. And hopefully, hopefully they do work for the Royal Mail because if ever there's a, a company that it seems like it would be perfect to be electric. Royal Mail generally seems to be it. I'm amazed how far behind the curve they are with this. Well, I think they've just been struggling with as a business full stop and they haven't been able well, to... There, there is that yet. Because in France, La Poste have been using electric um, kangoos for years. Years and years, even on rural routes as well. So mm. so I, I've just always been amazed how far behind behind Royal Mail is. Interesting, the two different brands aren't actually named in this Yes Auto, but the one in, in the illustration is a Paxter, which is a Norwegian, I believe, company. If you want to know more about that, then Bjorn Nieland on YouTube had one for a week and zipped it around Oslo for a little while. He didn't do all his normal tests in it, as you'd appreciate. A thousand kilometer was seemed to be a little bit much for it. <laughs> But it was really interesting, and and he found it a really sort of cool, zippy little thing with loads of space in the back. But if you want to know more about that, then 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 if you do check out Paxter, P-A-X-S-T-E-R, uh, and you search for it on on YouTube, you should come up with your own reviews. Mm-hmm. Next up, Ford, and more EV stuff. Uh, they are looking to to build a seven billion dollar EV production campus and in Tennessee and battery gigafactory. This is probably why I got this story. Factory. (laughs) A factory that could output output a little more than a specific number over a given period of time. They hope. In in the US. (laughs) They hope, yes. It's going to be called, well, they're claiming it's going to be the largest, most advanced, most efficient auto production complex that they've ever built in their 118 year history. And of course, it's part of its part of their plan to scale up their US EV EV offerings. Mm. It's going to be called Blue Oval City, which you think, well, why why are they calling it Blue Oval City? Why aren't they, you know, doing this Toyota City and 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 putting their name into it? But I guess that's because people would make Fordlandia jokes. And if you don't know what Fordlandia it was, then do go do go search it out. There is a book about it, isn't there? Which I've not read yet. Which is actually called Fordlandia. As part of this, it will cre- it uh, anticipates it will create six thousand new jobs, will send no waste to landfill, and be wholly carbon neutral. At the same time, it will be one of the largest vehicle production sites in the US across three thousand six hundred acres. Um, That's quite and- large. 
<laughs> it's quite large, but it's awesome being able to actually build a large production facility like this from the ground up and to specifically for a new type of vehicle, a new platform, a new powertrain of vehicle, rather than having to adapt legacy is quite something. Because I would imagine they'll be building into that the ability to upgrade change you know you would hope so future proof i'm sorry i had to use that but you know what i mean come here and i'll give you a slap thank you yeah Yeah. needing it Um, yeah, I would imagine that they will, because that would be the sensible thing to do, and Ford are pretty sensible, generally. I'm really excited by this. I know normally we don't cover American things, but you know, $7 billion is quite a chunk of change, and it is, is a fundamental shift in the organization's focus. Uh, and I'm really excited by. I know it. We've got. We've taken years to get to the point where companies are taking this seriously and are actively building it into their their entire ethos and the way they produce things and therefore Mm. then take them apart. But, you know, we've had uh, Renault do this. We've got Ford talking about this. Uh, Toyota, not so long ago, we're uh, talking about an enormous amount of money they're going to invest in batteries, technology and stuff. So these companies are really, you know, considering we're, we are repeatedly told, oh, they're dinosaurs, they've moved so slow, they move so slow. And as we've seen over the last two years, They've moved remarkably quickly to adjust to new conditions and new uh, situations. And they are, again, since we started this podcast, that the shift has really changed into, actually, it needs to be EV or zero emissions. So that's a remarkably short space of time for any manufacturing company. It really is. And I think, obviously, lots of this came about after the backlash against diesel, uh, thanks to Volkswagen Group, well, thanks to Volkswagen Group getting caught, and that has been a, a major factor to since then. And I think actually Volkswagen, obviously, have been one of the ones who've moved quickest on this. And I think it's really impressive the the, the speed with which they've they've turned around. They've been able to roll out the ID three, ID four, and all the other vehicles on those platforms yeah. as well. I am still very surprised at how much they're benefiting from that, though. I have to I say. Know. I know, it's it's quite amazing. Yes. Right, I'm going to take us another electric vehicle company, and this is Polestar. And um, Polestar is going to list itself on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange, and they have been valued at $20 billion, mm-hmm. which is, again, quite large, considering... Well, it's, it's, it's almost three blue oval cities. Yeah, <laughs> considering the two models out, so far but that's the thing is they've got two models out so far but they and they have shown that they can bring out models on time and on budget and they've got another three in the pipeline yep and they've got production facilities and they can build them and they're competent at building them and more and i think this is important they will be selling their technology within the geely group yes that's significant as well so they they are not just a car producer they are a technology producer and it, this this will be used elsewhere, so that for therefore that obviously bumps up their their value because they're not it's not dependent on people going well online or in a showroom and saying I'll have this car please. Hmm. It's a little bit of a sort of perfect storm coming along here when it comes to Polestar because because they've got all these good things which people look for and and want and and that's why it's it's worth about the same as Volvo. I and mean, we've got about half a dozen around us. 
There are actually quite a few around here. There's, there's a couple of obviously company cars around the corner. And yeah. Nice, nice things. Yep. The kids notice them and go, ooh, what's that? I like that. Yeah. And that. But for a com- to be that, To be fair, if you're getting kids to pay attention <laughs> to, to modern cars, there isn't one that isn't spitting flames out the back. That's mm. pretty good work. Yeah. I know they're my kids and they are forced to pay attention to cars, but still, yeah, I, they mention it to me. <laughs> still, still make Graham happy, yeah. No, it, it's fantastic stuff. But So there's a whole load of stuff coming in the pipeline for them. And 10,000 cars last year. Mm. That's not bad. Not bad for a company that's only been had their products really out there for less than three years. Yeah. And they seem to be making pretty sensible and achievable annual sales as well hmm. by 2025 not say other ev companies that make ridiculous statements that never hit them shall we move on to another story and finally we're through we're through the 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 raft of ev sort stories from this week so we're moving on to mobility now here uh, brace yourselves ladies and gents we could possibly have found the app Alan has demanded for many years. And On ex- so many and has, different and levels. has explained in intricate de- depth and detail. So we are going to be sending our invoice to the company involved for consulting fees. Uh- yeah. Uh, last Tuesday, I think it was, the, there was a new mobility app uh, was announced for Derby. And it's rolling out there, um, sort of semi-soft launch there. And... What's really good about this is it's is it's what I've been asking for. It's on a local level, but it's what I've been asking for. So you remember a couple of years ago, we talked about what mobility meant. Mm. I don't know. We we're having a very deep discussion. What mobility meant for me. And I'd said, well, what really it is, is instead of having to go into all these different websites and stuff, I want to be able to say, look, I need to go from, from home here in Corby, Northamptonshire, and I I need to go from here to Malmo in Sweden, and I want it to tell me the, the best and easiest way for me to do that. You know, whether that's drive to the station car park, park in the station car park, go to the whatever or leave the house walk across the street get an e-scooter take that to the station park that at the station get the train to london get the Heathrow express get this plane get the ossenstog and then get off in in Malmö. and to be able to go right do it and then have all the tickets and buy it all in one go mm. and that's not really been possible so far there are many apps which will help you get partway there. Rome to Rio and stuff is a really good website, if you've ever tried that, for just putting in surreal places and finding out how you get from, from one to t'other. But Kinto seems to be able to do that within the environs of Derby, and it seems to cover active travel, so rental bikes, that kind of thing, rail, taxi, booking, parking, and even going going by bus as well. It looks really interesting. I'd like to do a bit more of a, a dive into this. I'd like to talk about it a little bit more with, with the, the company behind it. Uh, the company behind it is Toyota. Mm-hmm. There we go. And that's their new mobility brand, Kinto, K-I-N-T-O. Uh, it is initially an 18-month trial. It's initially focusing on rail and bus services in, in Derby. And it's being launched initially to students and staff at the university and college there, rather than being on a wide. Everybody use it. Yeah. set up really interested to see how this goes and what the plans are for scaling it in the future yeah i mean that that does even to a luddite like me that does sound a really helpful and useful 
way to do it. And once you explained yeah. that's what you were after, it made perfect sense to me. Yeah, th- th- this to me is the goal of mobility services. All, not necessarily under, all doable at once. Mm. Super convenient. We have to make the options as easy as possible for people to take, mm. or they won't take them. They'll just go in their car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. On a, on a local and semi-local basis, at least. I mean, my example was somewhat extreme because it covered multiple, it covered three different countries. An example I've just given. Yeah, yep. so it would be good if that were possible one day. Like that, like the sound of that, and I look forward to hearing you chat to them about it some more. Mm-hmm. Yes, I shall get the finger out and sort that out now. I'm going to talk about the Mini Moke. Uh, we spoke last year, I think, or the year before, that it had been sort of reborn i think it was just earlier this year mate was it yeah okay (laughs) right earlier this year but uh what has happened now is that a agreement with the manufacturing firm fablink in northamptonshire means that the entirety of the mini moke will now be built in the uk rather than most of it shipped abroad to france to be then put together so this is a good news. I mean, you can buy limited edition models from £20,000. That's, By the way, that's still a full-size model. That's not like a, a little yes. model. <laughs> yeah. That's not one in 36. <laughs> not that they're over it, large anyway, but, you know. It, it, interesting thing about Fablink. Fablink are based in Bricksworth, Northamptonshire. If you wonder why you've ever heard of Bricksworth before, um, there's, there's, there's quite a nice country park there. But also it's the uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, high-performance engines so the formula one engines are made there and ilmore is also based in bricksworth it's a funny little place it's a village just outside northampton and it's got quite a lot of rather cool companies based there mm, nice it's not even handy for transport links or anything it's just in an odd place that <laughs> seems to just have lots of awesome engineering well that's cool so i i i love these i think they're ace um not that i'll see many on the road but it would be it would be great if we did probably mm. i mean that's that's an you know, we were saying the other week about when, or probably it was just on Twitter, you know, the uh, the AMI is coming to... I U- knew this was coming. ...the yep. UK, and people were sort of going, oh, yeah, that, that's great. And then other people going, yeah, but no one's going to buy it, and they're ridiculous, what's the point? You sort of go, mm, well, they do make certain sense in a urban environment. If, hmm. if the weather's crummy, or you've got more stuff than an e-scooter... Oh, they make a lot of sense. In those sorts of services, it would... Yeah. I. I I can see them making that because we've now got people who are accepted that an e-scooter is a perfectly fine way to get around. Lots of people do that, even where there aren't trials. People are happy oh. to do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 The, the, it's yes. And if you've got one of these services where you can get an e-scooter one way on your own and then come back with an AMI with a load of stuff in it, then that's going to work quite well. I mean, we didn't talk about the AMI last week because everybody had talked about the AMI and we talked about it the week before. Yeah. Anyway, before we knew it was coming to the UK. So it was just a little bit closer. But yes, I I, I see it. I mean, these are far more for, you know, holiday destinations. Well, that's what it? I was thinking. If you're, you're you're somewhere on holiday and, and the area decides, the town decides, the only way you can get around is in these electric vehicles, if you know, to try and control traffic and stuff. Well, noise, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, yeah and then it's, I could I could see a, a future from that way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Except I think we've done enough consultancy tonight anyway, so we must give everybody... I think we have. I think we have. We've got one last thing before we we get to the break, and that's the announcement that... Well, we remember earlier this year, there was an agreement set up between the UK and EU just saying, well, it's okay, you won't need a GB sticker whenever you're going to the continent, but all you'll need is a union flag and a GB sign on your number plate. So if you just like want to just put a little sticker over the European Union... To stars, which some of us haven't bothered doing, then that's fine. That's okay. That's all you need. You don't need another sticker. Well, it's changed and it changed since last week. And uh, this is because instead of a GB sticker, which we're all familiar with and all know, then what we're getting instead is a, we, we have to change it to UK. And uh, this is a result of the United, the, the United Nations. Uh, well, it's not a result of the United Nations. It's a result of a request that has been made by the UK government to change the distinguishing sign that it had previously selected for display in international traffic on vehicles registered in the United Kingdom from GB to UK. And supposedly it is thought that in the wake of the big B word, um, then UK is for United Kingdom, which comprises Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Yes. Which I guess is fine. But on the other hand, why? That's really my big question still is why. I still don't get it. Well, no, I've got no problem with them changing it. They should. We should have changed it years ago because we should have included Oh, Northern it should have been Ireland. changed a long time ago. So why is it being done now? We that's, should that's have changed question. it when we had the announcement with Europe. That's when yes. it should have been changed. Yes. It shouldn't be a stick-on thing later on. No. Uh, stick-on thing, pun not intended. But yeah. So, yes, it's just another fun piece of legislation. Well, we're freeing brought ourselves in from by the red tape. <laughs> brought in by big number plate, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yes, freeing ourselves from more red tape. Anyway, before before we get too depressed or angry, I think that's the end of the first <laughs> it's half. Even, even more depressed or angry, yes. Uh, it is the end of the first half. So, Monday, as I said... Mark sixth anniversary of publishing those first three. Please don't go back and listen to them. Uh, motoring <laughs> podcast news shows. Well, you can. You can see how far we've come. Well, yes, you can. You can. It's terrible. Those, those first ones I recorded with a, a USB headset. Just think. Amazing. Um, how it's amazing how things just have changed. Yes. <laughs> but yes, uh, as I normally do on on this kind of time of the year, what we want to do is, is say a massive thank you to everyone who's helped in whichever way uh, they've done so. Yep. So thank you, first of all, to manufacturers for doing newsworthy things every week or almost yes. every week. Some of them you intended to do as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of them are good things. Some you'd rather we didn't discuss. As well as occasionally lending us vehicles for special editions. Uh, thanks so much to other motoring journalists, contact creators and publications for all of their help and support over the last six years yep. uh, for not minding us referencing and linking to their stories uh, and uh, leveraging all their hard work thank you folks it, yeah you, you're ace guests and their prs for helping us with special editions as well yep patrons and merch buyers uh, for giving us a small budget to work with standing presenters for when one of us is away or unable to access adequate internet as well. You guys all rock. And finally, in this sort of rather crawly little bit, uh, our friends, family, and employers for understanding 
mostly what we do, uh, and for both supporting us and giving us a loose rein to fit in podcast stuff uh, when we have to, or when we have to sort of switch things a little bit. Mm-hmm. The other thing is there are going to be changes coming up uh, as a result of the kind of thing that means that we're recording this this show on a Wednesday night instead of a Tuesday night. We've done really, really well in managing to maintain our Tuesday night recording slot pretty darned consistently for six years. Yeah. But your end and with family, they're now having to do different things at different times. And some of those end up in an unavoidable clash with our traditional recording slot at my end i'm gonna have to start working on a sort of hybrid uk us time zone for day job (laughs) the intention being to move to the us for a year at at the start of 2022 Mm. so yeah terrifying terrifying Terrifying. Um, it's gonna be fine it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Just get me there. Yeah. Yes. The, <laughs> all the other stuff that goes with it. It does mean that there's going to be a bit of a period of transition, not until that late, but over the next few few weeks, quite a few weeks possibly, uh, we're going to have to work out just when the recording time is going to work for us that we can keep, yeah. uh, which which is sustainable uh, as well. Because we want, we want to produce the show... Uh, or deliver the show to to you, the listener, on a consistent basis at a consistent yeah. time and day. Um, so we've got to we've going to have to sort of see how the the land lies with the changes for Alan mm-hmm. um, to work out when that is best, uh, and it's, it yeah. possibly means a change in day and stuff like that. So as soon as we are better aware and and feel that we're confident ish pretty mm-hmm. confident in what we can deliver we'll let you know but it things yeah. might be a little bit up in the air for the next few weeks or so until we can get to that point yeah but it, but we're trying to reassure, reassure you that it is just temporary and yeah. it's not oh we're still going ongoing thing. We're still going yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. not stopping yeah but we've just, well i but i think one of the keys to keys keys to the podcast has been that we've been so consistent mm. and we've been able to be so consistent yeah. despite bullying work and clients and all sorts of stuff yes. various ends to, to make <laughs> it still happen yes uh, and that's in in addition to the kind of constant evolution that we've got going on in the new show uh, things like new new can't use these kind of things uh, and refining that mix uh, as we do as i say driving that evolution and via all that feedback is you listeners thank you so very much uh thanks for listening thanks for all your engagement via social media uh, and even unfortunately in person sometimes um <laughs> but you do uh you do a rock uh thank you very very much uh for listening for making this possible uh, for the last six years and hopefully continuing into the indefinite future yep thank you i'd even written most of that down till andrew sent me completely off track <laughs> uh new new car news this week there hasn't been a lot and then along came today <laughs> when all of a sudden rolls royce go actually we're going to release an electric rolls royce uh, and it's going to be called specter yes something to be fair we have banged on for ages and said if ever there was a company in which an ev was perfect for <laughs> yeah and, and they'd shown a, a concept of it, 102EX, a few years ago, mm. which had um, wireless charging and all sorts of bits and pieces. Or it certainly talked about wireless charging. I'm not sure if it did in the end. Uh, I'm sure someone will 
correct me on that, either from the Rolls-Royce end or the wireless charging end. <laughs> it looks like it's going to be a two-door coupe. The one that is pictured is, is quite heavily disguised, but it, I think it's going to be rather awesome, really. Yes. Do recommend, by the way, clicking through from the show notes, or, or preferably clicking through from the show notes, because then we get the hits. Uh, but also on the Rolls-Royce site, they have their Introducing Spectre. Uh, and just some of the words. The words wow. are, are amazing. <laughs> and and the order in combination, they use them as well. <laughs> I did a little bit before we, when we were still marking time before we started recording. Um, then And my micro, my normal microphone was still working and you could do the whole DJ voice uh, thing. Then, uh, then I did read some of them out, but it's not going to work quite the same on a USB headset. Do go have a look. I just think it's going to be really, really cool. I can't wait to see what it looks like. But the, the clues that have been given so far look incredibly um, reassuring and alluring. Yes, I'm, I'm to me anyway. Very interested to see to see that properly uh, and to to hear the the specs and stuff like that. Yep, I'm sure it's going to be Absolutely. great. Absolutely, I'm sure that power and torque and everything will be sufficient. Yes, suitable. <laughs> Right, lunchtime read. And this one is from a little while ago, back from April. And it's on the Top Gear website. And it's Tom Ford deciding to take a pimped-up Mercedes EQC 4x4 up through the... So it's a 4x4 squared, and the squared is really important in there. Squared, yes, sorry. the uh, Up through the French-Italian Alps uh, over the highest uh, road, isn't it? I think. Uh, it's pretty much that, yes. It's the Passe de Sommelier, uh, Col de Sommelier. Right. Sommelier. Yep. So, Sommelier. Yeah. Uh, it, it's Tom Ford. So everybody who listens knows I'm a massive fan of his writing and the stories he tells. And this is... Fanboy. I am. I am. And this is this is just another great one. But it does sort of echo what we said when we had the... Tucson hybrids, because if you remember in our review, I talked about having the sunroof open and the windows down when I was going through some country lanes. And it was just such a really pleasant experience of being, you know, as close to being in nature as you can be on a road. And you you hear the birds, they're flying around and they're not being scared off. And it's just a, it's just a great thing. And it's it's there's a little bit of that in this as well. So do go and read it. It's really uh, it's a, it's great fun. Uh, of course, it's been pimped up. Everything's better with portal axles, Andrew. That's just <laughs> yes. something you've got to you've got to just just face up. An to. extra cladding. Oh yeah, gotcha. <laughs> List of the week then. Mm-hmm. Falls to me, and this week it's from Autocar, and it's the most famous car advertising slogans in the world. Yes. I don't know that all of them are, to be honest, but there we go. There are many here. I mean, there's many obvious ones, but Andrew, any any that jumped out and caught you? Well, uh, the one that caught me is one to be expected, but it feels like that's the one I heard more than any others as as I was a lot younger in the 80s. And that's the Vorsprung Dirsch technique. Uh, I, yeah. It just it is so evocative, and it particularly like the final versions of it. You know when they had the bloke 
was going for looking at an A4 and they were saying, oh, it's this and this and this. And that was sort of like this, they very understatedly said it at the end of that. But it was the much earlier ads, mm-hmm. particularly the Quattro, <laughs> that sort of yeah. thing, that, that really were so exciting to watch on the telly. Uh, as a, it's a young boy, and you're like, "Look at that! It's amazing!" And then they're selling it in the showroom up the road. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the gold, the golden age of, of 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 car advertising on TV. I think. Well, you could celebrate that things drove quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's the same age as that, and the Peugeot four four hundred five mm. ads, and and all that kind of thing. The best sort of cinematic budgets, almost. Mm. These kind of things. Yeah. Is there any that stand out for you? Got to be the Land Rover one. The best 4x4 four by, four by far. That was very close. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the whole up the dam, mm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. It, it's good things. And, and that, that stuck for a, for a long, long time. Yeah. Yep. So do click through on the link in the show notes because there are many others to check out. And like Alan says, I'm not convinced all of them are. Famous. It's a it's a funny one actually because the one that's chosen for Volkswagen isn't the one I would have chosen for no. Volkswagen. No, it's not. Not for me. Uh, I no. It's very much the an, an American one. This mm. uh, that leaves the hand finally, Andrew. It does, uh, and this is the um, event. Is not quite the right word. Uh, movement isn't quite the right word. But evening that's been called uh, I Love You Man, which is aimed at getting people to be a bit more open about their mental health and uh, how they're doing with it. But uh, it has been kicked off by Phil McGovern at Caffeine and Machine. Uh, He helped start these, what turns out to be evenings, where people would get together and they would chat. Somebody, a special guest would chat about their own personal experiences in an effort to help others open up and admit to themselves and be more open about mental health um, issues or where they're struggling or things like that. And and also, I think, for people to realise they're not alone, hmm. which has been really tricky with the period that we've had with the pandemic, particularly as we had certain portions of the time that we had to, we did have to stay alone or stay in one place it's actually a really interesting article that's from the uh, Porsche newsrooms. It uh, involves friend of the show as well, Alex Goy, uh, who has done tremendous work on Twitter of raising awareness and being very open himself and helping others to be open. You can see that in the replies. Each, yeah. each time he mentions it, you can see more people say, I've never said this before, but... Uh, and then you've got others who have said it themselves before and said, no, it's great to see you, you're doing this. And it, and it's really important because so much of the car uh, the car culture is male-orientated and we are hopeless at talking about our feelings and emotions and stuff like that, yeah. particularly particularly if you're in Britain. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I was pretty rubbish at that anyway. So but, um, so this, yeah. is, this is really – it's really interesting to hear where it came from as well because of, the, of Phil's – uh, story behind it and what why he did it himself but i i love the fact that they deliberately don't broadcast this they deliberately don't record yep. it it is it, it is a well, I don't want to sound very trite here but it is a safe place when they're doing those events tuesday nights isn't it normally or it's tuesday or it's the first no it's it's the first monday of the month 
it's what it is. There's a reason why I've never been able to get to one. Mm. And it's because I tend to be doing a thing uh, on those nights. Yeah, but congratulations to everybody involved in this. Uh, and well Absolutely. done to the special guests who've who've got up and spoken as well. Because that's mm-hmm. uh, it's not easy to do that. Um, and no. it's wonderful that you have because you will be helping somebody. Yes. Absolutely. That's it then, I think, this week. Yeah, a uh, couple of parish notes. Special edition will be out on Friday. Mm-hmm. It's down to me as to whether it yes. gets out or not. So special edition will be out on Friday. <laughs> there's, usually, there's usually less problems at your end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, well, yes, there's usually less work at my end. Also, next Monday, speaking of automotive misfits, Zoom Zoomers. It'll be next Monday night. You can tune in live on uh, YouTube to watch us definitely not get sidetracked at all no, by anything. Never ever. happens. Never ever happens, though. No, definitely not. So that should be good because last week's technical issues and it didn't happen, sadly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm feeling withdrawal symptoms from that, much like I felt withdrawal symptoms last night from, from not recording a podcast, <laughs> uh, to be perfectly honest. But I think that, that that does us for this week. Goodness me, there was a lot of EV news in there. Yes. But I don't think it was any worse as a result. No. Doubtless you will let us know. Please do. Uh, and we'll do all we can to try and change the past and sort that. Uh <laughs> In the meantime, don't forget that now and next week you can give us any of that feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please remember you can f- support us financially via Patreon and please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what's the best way for them to do that? Best way to do that is Twitter again, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back very soon. Until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.